0: All right, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, everybody. This is Pastor Don, and I am the senior pastor of Life Path Apostolic Agape House of Prayer. And it is an honor and a privilege to come before you on this morning. Today is February the 6th. It's approximately 4 5 a.m., Come on, somebody! We are in the morning hour, four or five a.m. I was awakened maybe about two uh, thirty this morning to a smell of burning in my home and. And I'm smelling something and had the audacity to turn over in my bed. And I I smelt it. I, and something said in my head was only maybe one room <laughs> that's on fire. Turned over again and went back to sleep. Woke up maybe about 15 minutes later. And I smelled the smell. So I picked up the phone and called my son. I said, what is this smell that I'm smelling? Who's burning something and this little joker said he um, was making some popcorn. And I don't know about you, but that popcorn burning smell is probably the worst smell of burning that you could ever smell, especially waking up uh, in the middle of the night. So nonetheless, I have been in the presence of the Lord. And every time I get into his presence, I want to come and release to his people. I want to release uh, to the people of God what God has given me. I am so grateful this morning. I'm so grateful that he allowed me to wake up and allowed me to have my life, my health, my strength. I thank God for every provision that he has given unto me. I thank him for loving me enough. (laughs) Oh my God, I've got breath in my body that I can praise my Lord. I thank God. He's such a great God. He's an awesome God. He's a righteous and a holy God. And I thank him for being who he is. I thank God most most importantly for meeting me where I am. My God, my God, he loves me. He loves me. He loves me. Oh my God. (laughs) Oh, I love the Lord. I love him so much because he first loved me. And that even when I was yet a sinner, He sent his only begotten son. He sent him to sacrifice his life for me that I may have eternal life. And I thank him for it. And in these last few days, uh, the, the realization of eternal life has become more prominent and prevalent to me. And I just wanted to take a few minutes. I hope I can get through this in a few minutes because every time prophet is dry (laughs) I start ministering the word and next thing you know I look up and I'm an hour or so in but we'll see what we can do but I wanted to talk this morning about the gift of eternal life the gift of eternal life that gift that has been given to all of us this morning or yesterday morning the Lord had given me a word about the The master and the servants with the talents, and all of them have been given a certain uh, measure of talents. And they used their talents to their own ability. And they invested their talents based on the best that was in them. And there was one servant who, instead of uh, reproducing, his talent. He buried his talent. And we we learned from that, that God wants us to execute at the best of our ability. I share with you all my testimony about my dear, dear mother, and I'm probably going to talk about this for a while. So y'all bear with me. Uh, but my dear mother who had passed away and, and I remember during the time of her transition uh, when I was there, And even even before I made it there physically, uh, we were caring for her and everybody was doing their part. And my mother has 12 children. She has 12 children. And each of us, while we are all uniquely created, we are not all equal. (laughs) Let me be clear. We are not all equal uh uh in in the sense of how we cared for my mother. There was a heavy, heavy burden on some of us to to be there day in and day out. Uh, I love that My siblings who are there locally were able to give to my mother, but they were giving according to what they had. And they had the time, they had the resources, they had the ability to cater to her uh, over these past four or five years uh, that she had been suffering in this chronic illness uh, that she had endured. And I thank God for that. I was just, you know, reflecting on that message uh, that God had given me and how each of us did our part according to our talents. Each of us did our part, and and I just watched in awe. I watched in awe uh, many of the younger siblings. uh, and, and, And my older sister, my one older sister, she's there in Detroit. And then we've got the younger ones who are still there. And they did a phenomenal job caring for my mother, caring for my mother and, and and for us who were out of town. Some of us were saying, well, you know, we couldn't do this and we couldn't do that, you know, but that message just encouraged me. We all did our part. And as a result of each of us doing our part, our unique part, part, but not equal, Our unique part, Uh, we completed the assignment of bringing comfort to my mother in her last days. Everybody's position was very vital. Uh, I remember watching uh, my, my second youngest sister. As she cared for my mother, she had to physically lift my mother and turn her because I was so fearful because my mom was bone on bone. I was scared to to turn her or touch her. But my sister, baby, I'm telling you, that girl had it down to a science. And then the baby girl, she would comfort and care for my mom. She would just rub her and massage her and just rock her in her arms. I'm telling you, I almost get emotional thinking about it. Uh, uh, and I, I, I'm, I'm staggering because in my mind, I always think about my siblings. I always run through <laughs> each one to try to get the order uh, right. But my third youngest sister, she is in the medical field. And she was there. And I'm telling you, when when that girl came on scene, uh, one of my other sisters called me and we were, we were talking about it laughing because she came and she got them in order. You hear me? I heard the first thing she did the day she got there was we got to clean this basement out. But I thank God, I thank God, oh my goodness, that everybody was able to do their part. But what we want to talk about today, because it is vital and it is on top of mind for me today to talk about the free gift of eternal life that God has made available to us all. And having, having, watched my mother and I was about to say losing my mother to transition I didn't lose her so I got to be careful with my words I did not lose my mother my mother gained uh, a new season a transition so I did not lose my mother but having separated from her from this physical realm it has been on top of mind, the topic of eternal life, eternal life, and it is so vital that we get this, that we get this, because we can't do just do any and everything, we can't just live any and every way. God is calling us to a place of salvation. He is calling us to a place of obedience. He is calling us to a place of reconciliation with our souls, with his spirit. We have to get to a place where we allow the spirit of God to reign in our lives. That we may be able to realize eternal life. The word of God says, whosoever believes In the Son has eternal life. But whosoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on them. The Word of God shared that in John 3 and 36. And see, it's important that we understand this. I, I told you all, I had an opportunity to spend time with my family members. And 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 you know, for the most part, I was able to enjoy them, you know, just being around them. My parents taught us how to love one another. And, you know, in our household it was it was a uh you know no brainer. <laughs> we were just raised, y'all gonna love each other. You, 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 might not, you might try to not like each other, but y'all going to love each other. But we were so condensed and in such close quarters with each other. And my parents were very, um, I want to say strict, but also they, they covered us. You know, we were, we were protected and sheltered from the world. And as a result of that, all we had was each other. So my parents didn't play that uh, y'all don't love each other mess. (laughs) I remember we get into fights or arguments and we'd have to sit on laps. We'd have to sit on laps for hours to teach us that we must love one another, even if we think we don't like each other. My dad had a way of when when he knew that there was conflict amongst uh, a couple of the siblings, whoever was going through it, he'd have us doing stuff together. He'd have us being around each other. You know, he he had wisdom in that way. And so, being around my family and just having them in my presence, that love, that love just just exuded. You know, and I, and I reverted. I told y'all I reverted back to. To that dawn from Abington, you know, Jenny got the block, but I got Abington, you know, and I reverted back to that. I mean, full fledged, got all the way in character. It was almost like, hey, he, sh- she's back, <laughs> she's back. Even to the point of, you know, as we were sharing stories, that some of my siblings were sharing stories. I'm like, wait a minute, now, nah. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the, I'm the protector. You know, they started telling stories. I'm like, oh, yeah, uh uh-huh. I get that one. I get that one, you know. But anyway, I, I felt a sense of, of closeness with my family. But at the same time, there was a sense of great despair. Because there are those who don't believe in God who do not accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior, there are those that I I, I don't want to say uh, uh, that they're atheists, but agnostic at most, uh, uh, not acknowledging Christ. And so let me be very, very clear. Let me be very, very clear. Good, bad, or indifferent, I am a Christian Christian. That means I follow and pursue the life of Christ. I try to emulate Christian values while I fall short most of the time. (laughs) But I try to do what God has called me to do. But I believe Jesus to be our Lord and Savior. And through him and only by him. Is our way to the Father and our gateway to salvation. So let me be clear about my belief. I do not believe that some of my siblings accept that same level of belief. And it saddens my heart. It saddens my heart. So this thing has been top of mind Thinking about eternal life and just reconciling in my mind. It brings me peace and solace and being able to acknowledge that I have not lost my mother, but I have gained a sister in the kingdom that is awaiting me with Jesus Christ. I have gained an elder who who is in a cloud of witnesses that is rooting me on. I gained solace in knowing that I serve a sovereign God, that he did not allow my mother to transition from this earth without reconciling her relationship with him. See, salvation has uh, 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 an objective and it has a goal of reconciling us to Christ by way of absolving our sins. What Jesus did in his sacrifice on the cross allows us to have salvation. But when you cross from the physical world into the eternal world, salvation means nothing anymore. It, it, it means nothing it means nothing because it's already resolved. Either you're saved or yay. You, you understand what I'm saying? If, if if when you transition from this world, if you have not reconciled yourself unto the Father, you will not receive salvation. That's just a matter of fact. It's not a dawn fact, it is a matter of fact. So when we receive salvation, we are all knowing of who God is. Because now our relationship with him is about us and him versus the sin that we were saved from. When we get into eternity, it's no longer about, okay, Don, you know, (laughs) you still got to... Mess with this flesh because you know you're a hot mess in your flesh. It's no longer about trying to, you know, keep from cussing or fussing or offending anyone. Loving right and giving more and being able to show my Christian faith, walking out and living the word of God. It's no longer about that. It's about your knowing God, beyond the parting of your sins. Ooh, baby. I'm telling you, I know that this is not my time. It's not my time to go. But I got a totally different outtake on death, life, and eternity. The reality is that after we transition, we will no longer have the opportunity to receive the gift of salvation because it's nullified. It it, it means nothing after that because either you have it or you don't. So after we die, we'll no longer have it. So we have to receive it now while we are in the land of the living So that our eternal destination will be determined during our earthly lifetime. (laughs) In 2 Corinthians 2, uh, I'm sorry, 6 and 2, Jesus Christ said, he said, I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. Not Not after you die. Now. Because if we trust in the death of Jesus Christ. As the full payment of our sin. And we believe in his resurrection from the dead. We are guaranteed eternal life after death. In his glory. That's what Peter told us in in chapter 1 verses 3 through 5. But we have to make a decision to receive salvation. And don't get me wrong. I want to be very clear. We can't just do anything. We can't live any kind of way. (laughs) We can't just do what we want to do. I'm I'm, I'm telling you, listen. The enemy has some some of us so confused he has some of us so bound by the ways of this world that we think that we live in right. We ain't living right. God is not pleased with how we're living our lives outside of the construct of His kingdom principles. What does that mean, Pastor? That means that we have to live out godly lives, godly principles. Our lives are not our own. We can't just do any and everything. Let me tell you, Pastor is governed by Christ. I'm governed by Christ. I can't do any and everything. I told you, I went to Detroit. Was up under my family, and I reverted back, and I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit convicted me I was so mad. Ooh, I was so mad. I was so mad, so angry. And God, every which way, <laughs> told me, get your act together. Pull up out of this. So much so that even my husband had to correct me. <laughs> he said, cut it out. Stop. Shut your mouth. Every devotional I read was convicting me back to where God wanted me to be. Every time I turned on somebody ministering, they were convicting my flesh. Listen, you can't make it to heaven hating, bitter, angry. You're not going to make it. You're not going to go there. Don't allow the enemy to deceive you and thinking that if you are living a life of sin, this is why our flesh must die daily. Our flesh must die daily. Job said in Job 14 and 4, he said, If a man dies, shall he live again? (laughs) Shall he live again? We all know the story of Job and all of the things that he endured and everything that he went through. At some point, he said, if a man dies, does he live again? And I could just imagine in that one statement, the hope that he had for eternal life. Because we don't know what is on the other side. It is our faith that helps us to believe that God's word that his infallible word has, has been left to guide us into the truth of the good news of the gospel of eternal life. But Job asked the question, and all of us at some point of our lives have been challenged with that question Is there life after death? What happens to us after we die? What happens? To us, after we die, I can remember a shift in my uh, faith and my knowledge of life and death uh, beyond this one. I'm, I'm telling you, beyond this this uh, experience with my mother's transition, uh, God has elevated my faith. But I remember, I believe back in 2012, uh, 2012, or yeah, 2012, um, I I was I was having some health issues. And, and let me tell y'all, a lot of my health issues that I have are brought on by myself, by things that I do. I refuse to drink water, I refuse to exercise, eat right, all of that stuff, and, and my body starts telling on me or get upset and start, you know, bullying me. <laughs> but anyway, I was dealing with some internal issues. And I, I had started bleeding uncontrollably, and and they didn't know why or what was going on, but I just had a a steady flow of blood. And so I wind up having to have a colonoscopy. And at that time, I don't know about you all, but those who are older, if you're taking care of your health, you've, you've had one. And if you're listening to me and under the sound of my voice and Over the age of 45, I think they dropped it with African-Americans to maybe 40 or 42. Y'all get your colonoscopy. Don't walk around here and get 60, 55, 60 years old and find out you got colon cancer. It's it's enough of that. We're more intelligent now. Let's do what we got to do. But nonetheless, I was going through this and uh, I experienced being sedated and and I believe it was the nurse that came in and she told me she said uh, you're going to be awake and then you're going to be asleep and then you're going to wake up and it's going to be over You you're not even going to know that time had lapsed and so in my mind I couldn't conceive what she was telling me because I've experienced sedation before and I've experienced being under But I would have these vivid dreams and all of that. So I'm just thinking to myself, okay, whatever. And so I went through the experience and it was just like what she said. I went to sleep, woke up, didn't even know time had lapsed. And when I tell you that thing scared me, because I had no recollection of time. I had no consciousness of existence. And for whatever reason, during that season of my life, it shifted my uh, ideals or, or my uh, understanding of death. And I said, well, wait a minute. Is this what happened when we go to sleep? And so I began to, to question my faith and question my beliefs in life after death. When I tell y'all, a sister started praying and seeking God and getting into the Word and trying to get a clearer understanding, not knowing that at uh, on February, what what I say today was 6, 2020, at 4 a.m., God would use those things to bring to my remembrance in a time and in a season of grieving to confirm to me the word that I received that said, look at death differently. God sees death as a good thing. Death is the transition from our physical life into the eternal life. It is the vehicle by which God uses To bring us or return us back to him. So the question that was in my mind is, do we simply cease to exist? Some people believe that death is kind of like this revolving door that allows you to enter and exit the world. Y'all heard about it. People talk about reincarnation. Now, I personally don't believe in it. Other people think that we go to the same place. Everybody go to the same place after death. They call it purgatory, right? But some think that that's the eternal stop. We often question, is is heaven or hell real? But God sent me here to tell you today as a matter of fact as a mouthpiece of God as a prophet of God that he has given us the gift of eternal life but we have to receive it we have to receive it we have to receive it on this side of eternity when we are yet living The Bible is very clear. And and see, this is the other thing, too. I believe the Bible to be the infallible word of God. I believe the Bible to be the source of our knowledge of all things godly or kingdom related. So if we ain't coming from the source, now listen to me carefully. I'm not saying that this is the only uh, uh, book of knowledge. But what I'm saying is that it is the core. It is the nucleus. It is the source of knowledge. So in other words, if it ain't rooted back to the Bible, prophet don't believe it. Pastor don't believe it. I got to get used to calling myself Pastor (laughs) Don. I'm telling y'all, God is so amazing. He's such an awesome God. Even as I record this message today, I know that I may have a handful of people that will hear it on this day. But I guarantee you, as as my grandbaby, (laughs) that's an anointed little bundle of joy, let me tell you. That baby has a call on her life and the mantle that rests on her. That as my grandbaby matures and as she gets older, I'm telling you, God is going to use these words. Because his word is true, whether it was yesterday, today, or forevermore. They're going to be those who are going to hear this word, and their lives will be changed forever. They'll be drawn to Christ. I heard somebody say the other day, uh, this science guy that I've been listening to, and I enjoy him. I enjoy his show. He said, I believe it is. He's no, 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 no. He didn't he didn't say he believed it. He said, It has been said. That the first person who will live forever has been born, and even though he may have been saying it in a scientific way and maybe in a physical manifestation, his mind may have been thinking about all this crap uh, Elon Musk and and all of these jokers doing, and Jeff Bezos and and Zuckerberg doing with these chips and, and avatars and uh, meta-universe and all of this mess, he may have been thinking like that, that, you know, they may be able to put their brain in a bottle and, and save it for years, but I thought about the coming of our Christ and how there are going to be some that are asleep and others who are awake, who are going to be raised up in glory with Jesus. But we have to make a choice. We have to make a choice. And getting back to the point that I was trying to make, is that if we trust the Bible, like I do, because I'm going to be very clear about where I stand. The Bible tells us that there is life after death. That what we see in this world is not that all that we have to look forward to. That at death, although the body ceases to function, and God allows it to return back to the earth, But the spiritual part of man lives on. Ecclesiastes 12 and and 7 and Psalms 146 and 4. The dust returns to the ground it came from and the spirit returns to God who gave it. Listen to me. It is not by chance that you are under the sound of my voice today. I believe especially If you are a part of my family, because I believe that my ministry has been called to family. That's why the enemy fights me so much against it. That's why he tries to tear and and divide and and cause so many issues, just like Noah. That's why I I adopted the name from my great-grandmother, Moa, Mother Noah. Moa's first ministry was to his family. I believe that the church that God has called me to is to the family. But just like Christ did (laughs) when he came and they rejected him, he said, all right, I I was sent for you. But y'all don't want none. I'm going to go out and get some others. So while y'all getting it together, because you're always going to be welcome. But while y'all getting it together, I'm going to be seeking Those who God has allowed, ordained and called and anointed for the kingdom. But nonetheless, if you are under my voice, it is not by chance. It is not by chance. God wants you to know that you are redeemed by Christ And that your sins are forgiven. Yet you have to do your part. The word of God says faith without works is dead. God gives us eternal life. We believe that he gives us eternal life. We have faith to believe. But there's something else that we must do. Eyes have not seen and ears have not heard, and the mind cannot even imagine what God has prepared for those whom he loved. Eternal life is directly linked to Christ Jesus. Listen, there's no other way. Your faith may say one thing, but if your mouth don't confess it, it's nullified. John 17 and 3, it says, now this is eternal life that they knew you. That I'm sorry. Now this is eternal life that they know you and only true God. The only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Let me say it again. John 17 and 3. Now this is eternal life. Let me be clear. He's saying this is eternal life that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. That is eternal life that supersedes and exceeds salvation because salvation in the earth means that, you know, God, through the parting of your sins, you have confessed You believed in your heart. You confessed with your mouth. You've repented. You've departed. That is salvation in the earth. But eternal life is to know God. To know God. It removes the mask of sin. The layer between us and God. It eliminates that. It takes us back to his origin of who he wanted us to be when there was no sin. Ooh, baby. Mm. Thank you, Holy Spirit. When Adam and Eve were first created, they knew God. They knew him. And when sin uh, uh, entered in, they were separated from that knowledge of who He was. In First John five and twelve, when Jesus is in prayer, He equates eternal life with a knowledge of God and the Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Y'all better get it. Y'all better get it. <laughs> God ain't wake me up at no 2.30, 2.40, 2, whatever, in the morning for me just to be talking. Listen, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He died and he rose again. Listen, there is no two ways about it. God wants us to know and understand. And and I'm going to be clear. If you do not believe these facts, your knowledge and understanding is flawed. And you are in the danger zone. You are in detriment of not living eternal life in heaven and paradise. And on a pathway to hell. Eternal destruction. Eternal damnation. Some people denounce the resurrection of Christ. Some people are so, I'm telling you, the enemy, he just wants us to be so bound by our ignorance. Ignorance. And our pride and our ego. <laughs> we just gotta know something that nobody told us. We just gotta know something that you know, and, and this thing all the time it, it irritates the white man, the white man's religion. Y'all believe in our, no, uh-uh. I have a personal relationship with God, I have a personal relationship with Christ. This is why I can be unmoved by the the knowledge that I have because I have a firm foundation. I was sharing with people because it was a matter of fact, my experience. It was a matter of fact, my experience. Remember, I believe the word of God to be infallible, but some interpretations or understandings of the word are flawed. Because they're processed through our understanding. This is why you need the Holy Spirit to help you interpret the word. You need the man and woman of God now. Because God will give revelation. He will give knowledge. He will give understanding to his uh, elite. His, uh, I always say elite. I really don't mean elite when I say it. His elect people of God. That's just a matter of fact. It's like the sun, you know, rises in the morning and sets at night. Maybe wait a minute, that I learned that ain't a matter of fact. <laughs> it stays where it's at. <laughs> oh, that's funny. But just like, <coughs> it does set though, you know, because cause it goes in a setting. Setting means that our view of it changes. Not not it's uh positioning or just uh, whatever. I don't even know what I'm trying to see right now because I done not crack myself up just because I've been into these science uh, shows I've been watching and I'm learning more. But anyway, just like we see the sun in the morning and we see the sun at night, it is a matter, I mean the moon at night, it is a matter of fact. Nothing we did to cause it, nothing we can do to change it. Same with life and death. It's a matter of fact. Just because you die don't mean you're going to hell. Just because you die doesn't mean you're going to heaven. But how you exist in the earth is going to determine what direction and what path you go in. Nothing we can do about it. Jesus died and he rose again. And that's the truth that I stand on. (laughs) Daniel 12 and 2, it said, multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life, others to shame and everlasting contempt. Listen, you're hearing this for a reason, not to condemn you, but to convict your heart. To admonish you to turn your heart towards Christ. Acts 24 and 15, it says, Paul was telling us there will be a resurrection of both the righteous and the wicked. Every person has the right to make a choice, to choose between where they're going to be in eternal life. See, some of the things that we cannot control. We try to control. <laughs> we try to. We try to control. But the things that God has given us the ability to control, we just leave it up to happenstance. Okay, well, hey, if I die tomorrow, God knows my heart. <laughs> I I I believe there's a God, but maybe there's not. We. We got every ability to control that by coming into the presence of the Father and saying, God, show yourself strong. I want to believe. I want to know. And if if, if that don't work for some of us, find a church. Come under somebody to help to guide you in discipleship. Hebrews uh, 9 and 27, it tells us that it is appointed once for man to die. And after that, we're going to come into judgment. We have a responsibility as humans. Let me be clear. We have a, a responsibility as humans To develop a Christian walk. To be made righteous by faith in Jesus Christ. So that we will go on into eternal life and live in heaven. But for those who reject Christ as their Savior, they will be sent into eternal punishment, which is hell. Hell and heaven are literal, real places. Now, you got some people that say hell exists now, but but my words say something different. It is to come. It is to come. I used to pray. I used to pray, uh, you know, every demon in hell, but them demons somewhere else. Hell ain't came yet. So now I say every demon headed to hell or something. I don't know. But hell in Revelations 20 and 10, if you don't believe me, go check it out. It says that it is the lake of fire where the inhabitants will be tormented day and night forever. And in Matthew 13 and Forty-two. it tells us that there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This tells us the intense level of grief, pain, anguish that will be experienced in hell. Our God is a, he's an awesome God. He's a righteous God. He's a holy God. He's a loving God. He's a compassionate God. But he is a just God. But he takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked. He desires that all of us turn from our wicked ways. Ezekiel warned us of that in 33 and 11. But God will not force us. Listen to me. I told you as a human, we have a responsibility. We have an obligation To reconcile our lives with Christ. Because God will not force us into into submission. But if we reject Christ, our one and only true Savior. Let me be clear. Jesus Christ is our only Savior. But if we reject him, we will reject the heaven that prepared him for us. And we will live in eternity away from him. I remember my first pastor, Pastor Barry L. Ginyard. He has gone on to glory. And he used to say this oftentimes. He said, I'd rather live my life believing that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior, believing that the Word of God is the only infallible word that it is the source of our knowledge of all things related to God and his kingdom than to die and find out that everything that I, you know, that find out that everything that I thought about the Bible was true. In other words, I'd rather live my life living out godly principles, knowing that I believe by faith that these things are true, than to die not having lived that life and find out that it was true and it's too late. Our faith in Christ prepares us for life after death. This is what truly allowed me to release most of the pain that I had with my mother's transition. The Word of God in John 3 and 18, it says, Whosoever believes... And God's son is not condemned, but whosoever does not believe stand condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. My mother confessed her faith before she exited her journey in the earth. And I'm so grateful Because I know that everybody is going to experience life after death. Everybody, everybody under the sound of my voice. If you were born, you're going to die. If you die, you will experience another life outside of death. And for those who are believers in Christ, that life after death is eternal life in heaven with our God. For unbelievers, let me be clear, life at the death is eternity in the lake of fire. There is only one way, only one way to receive eternal life and to avoid hell, and that's through Jesus Christ. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Listen, I want to be clear today that God has given us a free gift. eternal life and whosoever believes in the Son has eternal life but whosoever rejects the Son will not see life for God wrath remains on them I want to admonish each of you those who have heard this message and felt compelled to seek God for salvation I want to admonish you to turn your life over to God. Doesn't matter where you are. Doesn't matter what you did yesterday. Doesn't matter what you believe. Doesn't matter what you thought. Surrender your life to Christ. Especially those of you who are a part of my family, those of you who watched my mother transition, those of you who experienced her love and knew who she was. If you want to see her again, my God. I would admonish you to give God your life. Make sure you have a clear understanding of salvation. 1 John uh, uh, 5 and 13, it, it tells us, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. God wants us to understand salvation. He wants us to have the confidence in knowing for sure that we are saved. I spent so much of my, my uh, early years as a, as a babe in Christ wondered, am I really saved? Am I saved? Some folks say once saved, always saved and living raggedy and just like a sinner. But God wants us to understand uh, salvation. He wants us to know that we have all sinned and come short of the glory we've all done things that have been displeasing to God. Because of our sin, we deserve separation from God. Listen to me. We deserve to be punished, but Jesus died on the cross to pay for the penalty of our sin. I am so grateful to God that on this day, I can come before you and say, God took the punishment that you deserve. He resurrected. He proved that his death was sufficient to pay for our sins. He gave us forgiveness and salvation. And he told us all you got to do is believe. Trust in my death, my burial, and my resurrection. He sent this Holy Spirit to reside with us, to be our confident, to be our best friend, to help, to guide us and to lead us. He gave us his word to empower us. Listen. God is doing something. He's doing a great thing. So in as much as I admire... (laughs) In as much as I admonish you to learn about salvation, you need to find you a good church. Now, I told y'all I am in the process of planting. I don't know what God is going to do. I don't know how far this thing is going. Well, I know how far it's going to go. It's going to go as far as God takes it. God has given me a vision. He has, he has instructed me and we need the body of believers. Find you a church that teaches the Bible. And for many, it won't be life path, uh, apostolic agape house of prayer for many. It won't be, but if God has called you to this ministry, come on, we welcome you with open arms. But find you a church. You've got to get under a covering. And it's, it's not just about a church building. Because we know that the church is the body. It's about you being in the presence of believers, like-minded people, to get your strength, to be encouraged, learning the word of God, and worshiping God praising and worshiping him i also admonish you to set a time set aside time daily 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 i'm telling you i've been walking <laughs> by faith a long time i've been in this thing for a long long time and my flesh must die daily I'm a hot mess in my flesh. And if I don't set aside time to be with God, I'm a mess. So set aside that time. Develop a relationship with people who will help you grow spiritually. (laughs) I said something the other day. uh, Surround yourself with people who know how to pray. We be doing all this gossip and backbiting and and all of that with our words and our mouth. Find you somebody who can pray. And get baptized. I said when we have our uh, opening, as we're starting our launch plans, I really need to get stuff in order. I, I got most of the administrative part together I've got another uh, consultation coming soon, and I'm building my board and, and all of this stuff, so I'm getting that in order. Uh, but I said, when we launch, it's a couple of things I feel like God has given me. I'm going to have a mass baptism, and I'm going to have a mass wedding. <laughs> we go, we, go, we coming for the jugular. We're going to get the enemy. You, you think you slick. Got folks shacking up and And, you know, all kinds of stuff. And ain't never been baptized, you know. So, anyway, got my thoughts on that. But do these things. Do these things. Continue to seek God. I want to pray for you. Those who feel compelled to seek God for salvation. Just know that this is your time. This is your season. Even if, even if you've uh, committed your life to Christ and you are in a season of of um, being black, backslidden, come back to Christ. He welcomes you. <laughs> he welcomes you. There is no condemnation. And those who love the Lord. Be very careful. Be very careful. To not allow the enemy to deceive you in being condemned. Because we have all sinned. The Holy Spirit comes to convict. Not to condemn. So we're going to go before the throne. And I believe that God is going to show his favor. And he's going to show his glory. I'm telling you, I saw something earlier today with this pastor. Um, I kind of follow his ministry, and he was just saying, he was so excited. He was so excited. He said, we had another soul, one for the kingdom. He could have talked about anything, and nowadays they do. A lot of these preachers come on and they want to talk about how many celebrities they got and how, many, how much fame they got and how they misuse and abuse their platforms that God has allowed them to get by promoting their own ego. But this pastor, in a very simple way, but in a grand way, he was, a, he was acknowledging another soul one for the kingdom and just like the angels were rejoicing he was rejoicing and i rejoiced with him we gotta get back to that we gotta get back to that Father God, in the name of Jesus, as we approach your throne this morning, Lord God, we thank you. We thank you for your majesty. We thank you for your greatness. We thank you that you are an awesome God, that you are a righteous and a holy God. Father God, I thank and praise you today. I'd celebrate you for everyone under the sound of my voice. Father God, I lift my own family before you this morning, Lord God. I lift up my husband and my children, Lord God, and Deisha and Eddie, Lord God, and I lift up Sierra and Preston, my God. I lift up Derek and Shauna and Brianna and Jalen, Lord God, I lift up Mariana and Darius and Daryl, Lord God, I lift up my grandbabies, I lift up Alex, Lord God, and Zayim, Father God, I lift up Kaylin and Elise, my God, I bring before you my siblings, Lord God. Renee and her husband, Anthony, Lord God. I lift up Deirdre, Lord God, and her family, Lord Jesus. I lift up Deanna and Tim, Lord God, and myself and my husband. Once again, I lift up Delight and Thomas. I lift up Kelly and her children, Lord God. I lift up Lucky and his wife, Lord God. I lift up uh, uh, Tina and her children, my God. Outward and his children, Dijon and her children. I lift up Danielle and Malcolm and his child and Erica. I lift up uh, Renee's children. I lift up Deirdre's children, Deanna's children, Delight's children, my children, all of my nieces and nephews, Lord God. that As we begin this prayer, Lord God, that you allow our family to be first partakers of your glory. I lift up my husband's family. I lift up his sisters and brothers and their children and children's children. I lift up his mother, his dear mother, who is still yet with us. Father God, I lift up his nieces and nephews and all of the family members associated with and through this ministry. My God, I thank you for their soul salvation. I thank you, Lord God, and declare and decree this morning that not one soul will be left behind. Oh, Heavenly Father, I lift up every family associated with Light Path, Apostolic Agape, House of Prayer. I thank you for the families that you are sending, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, for those that you have allowed me, Lord God, to be a covering for my God. I take this assignment seriously. I thank you, Lord God, for those who are here and those who are to come. I thank and praise you, Lord God, for each and every soul that you are saving in our communities, in our nation, Lord God, in our world. I thank you, Lord God, for the outreach of this ministry, Lord God. I thank you for the souls that we will be allowed to bring into the kingdom through your loving kindness. That you shall draw them, Lord God, that you'll turn their hearts towards you and turn them from their wicked ways, Lord God, that they'll turn and repent and that you will be able to hear us from heaven, Lord God, and heal our land. We need a healing. We need a healing, Lord God. We're hearing about all of these things happening in our nation and abroad, Lord God. We're hearing about rumors and rumors of wars. We're hearing about things happening even in our own communities and our neighborhoods. Family members taking lives of other family members. My God. Husbands murdering wives, boyfriends killing uh, their children's mothers, mothers murdering their children. So much evil and hatred in the world, so much despair and pain and and fear. But we know by salvation, Lord God, that we have the good news, we have hope, we have joy, we have peace and knowing, Lord God, that we are safe in your arms. Father God, I ask, Lord Jesus, that you will touch everybody under the sound of my voice, Lord God, that you will allow their lives to be touched in such a way that they'll never be the same again. Let us rise up and take our rightful place in the earth, Lord God, as we are kingdom representatives, Lord Jesus, as we are ambassadors of the kingdom of God. That you have sent us in the earth to exact change. Oh glory, hallelujah. We pray for salvation. We pray for the souls of those that you have sent to this ministry, Lord God. Oh God, send them from the north, the south, the east, and the west, Lord God. Let their lives never be the same again. Oh, we glorify you and we magnify your name. Let us get into your word like never before. Let us get into your presence like never before. Lord God, I thank and praise you this morning. Hallelujah for your great plan of redemption, Lord God. Oh, Father God, you sent Jesus to die. Father God and to consummate through his blood in the name of Jesus uh, our salvation. uh. For Father God, your word said that you so loved the world that you gave your one and only Son that whoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Father God, we pray and thank you that your will, hallelujah, is that no man should perish, uh, but that all should come to repentance. Uh, We pray for repentance now, repentance in our household, repentance in our communities, Uh, repentance, Lord God, throughout every area that we are in. Uh, Father God, we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are not slack concerning your promises. Uh, Oh, Father God, and some men count, Sackness, uh, but in love's long suffering to us, word. Father God, not willing that any shall perish, uh, but all shall come to repentance. uh, In the name of Jesus, uh, we pray and we thank you, Lord God, uh, for the blood price of redemption uh, and salvation for the souls of men. Uh, Father God, we thank you and we pray uh, and we ask the Holy Spirit to guide us uh, in a way and lead us. uh, Oh, Father God, to souls. uh, Oh, Father God, that are ripe and and ready for the harvest in Jesus' holy name. Father God, we pray and we ask the Holy Spirit to make your word in our mouth to be cutting and penetrating. Oh, Father God, as we witness to the unsaved, Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray that the word of God will have free course in the hearts of the hearers. In the name of Jesus, we pray and we ask the Holy Spirit uh, to help us to develop strategies uh, of effective soul winning uh, in the name of Jesus. uh. Father God, in the name of Jesus, uh, we ask, Lord, that you will confirm your word uh, with signs and wonders uh, and proof and evidence uh, of the power of your gospel in the name of Jesus. Father God, we ask, Lord God, uh, that you will work healing uh, and delivering miracles uh, as we witness to those that you allow to come across our path. Uh, Father God, uh, we ask, Lord God, uh, that there'll be demonstrations of the Spirit uh, and power everywhere that we witness. Uh, In the name of Jesus, uh, we ask, Lord God, uh, That you will help convict uh, every unsaved person uh, that comes into our church house. uh. Oh, Father God, as you prepare them to come to our service. uh, Oh, Father God, uh, and that they will receive from you, Lord God. uh, They'll receive Christ Jesus uh, in the name of Jesus. uh. Father God, we ask for you, Lord Jesus. uh, to inspire us. Uh, Father God to work in, walk in your word. Uh, Father God and work. Uh, a word of knowledge. And a word of knowledge. Effective in winning souls. Uh, Father God we pray today. Oh Father God. That you will influence. Uh, each and every one of us. Uh, as we go before those. That you have sent our way. In the name of Jesus. Uh, Father God we pray. That you will answer every prayer that you will heal every soul, that you will bring soul salvation to those who are seeking you, those under the sound of my voice. Father God, have your way and let your perfect will be done. Father, we pray this prayer and we seal it through our faith. In the name of Jesus, we ask, Lord God, that you will dispatch your angels to do that which you have commissioned them to do in each and every one of our lives. Father God, we receive from you. In Jesus' holy name, we ask for immediate manifestation of your glory. Oh, Father God, over this prayer, let the testimonies flow. In the name of Jesus, we thank you. We praise you. We honor you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Thank God. Amen and amen.